This is the Mi Querides Podcast, a podcast from me, Zahes, for all of you, Mi Querides, the people I love, want, and care for so much, whether I've known you for years or I'm meeting you for the first time through an audio format. Thanks so much for tuning in. I love you so much. I want to see you thrive and succeed. Let's get started with today's episode. Hello, and welcome to the Me Getty This Podcast. I'm your host, Zahes, spelled X-A-J-E-S. It's really exciting to be coming to you all to have many things to say. Not exactly sure where they're all going to go, but they're going to be what they are because this is my show. <laughs> Taking a little bit of energy from other folks that I've been listening to over the years, even as far back as the Read podcast when I was an undergrad and even now. Now, listening to other folks doing storytelling like the No Sleep podcast, doing everyday reflections on their work like Latinos Who Lunch. There's just so much cool podcast energy out there and wanting to hear from other people I recognize I also wanted to share things myself there are visions that come to fruition about what it could look like to be more creative and be more risk-taking by jumping into the audiosphere and so here it is my attempt and many more to come <laughs> in this world of podcasting so Mikarides, how are you I mean that in a very intentional way, but even though I can't directly connect with you um, because I'm on a one-side track recording something that you will eventually listen to, I want to ask you, how are you? What's going on? Take a moment to just kind of sit with what is bringing you into this episode? What is shaping your world as you're listening to me saying things and setting this up? And how are you taking care of yourself today, regardless of where you are right now? I am reflecting on how I'm starting my day. And the start of my day is literally with a remainder of, I'm not entirely sure how much, a 16-ounce Dr. Pepper. I've committed time and time again to stop drinking sodas because it leaves me feeling some kind of way. But I still do it. (laughs) Right? So, um thinking about for you, what are there other things that potentially you're giving yourself space to say no more, I need to change, I need to do something else, and then find yourself saying, hey, you know what, maybe I don't need to stay in bed for an hour, maybe I don't need to, right, whatever it is that it feels like you can give yourself some room to change, and potentially use this space as a possibility of checking in for yourself. Anyway, that's a lot to just kind of set up this space that's not really a lot to getting into this content itself so let's go ahead and just move on a lot of the podcasts that i really enjoy listening to and i really have a dynamic with tend to be the folks that usually have someone to speak back and forth with and i get (laughs) that's in its own cool way uh processing technique right it moves the podcast along but it also feels very different when you're doing it by yourself not that i don't have people in the world that i could easily be like hey 
do you want to be on a podcast episode with me? Because that would be pretty cool. I love you. And I think we would have some cool dynamic together. Truth be told, I've already done that to a couple people, and I'm excited to have them on the show eventually. Oh my word, there's stuff on my face. I don't know what. I, <laughs> it's like I just took a shower, y'all. Like, I don't know how I got things on my face, but my vanity is telling me, like, hey, you got some. Anyway, uh, that was a distraction um, that may be edited out, that may not be edited out. Anyhow. <laughs> Um, so in thinking about the folks to invite to this podcast, it will be really exciting to have another voice in the mix because I want this to be a space where, whether we're talking about it from energies that align with masculinity, femininity, if we're talking about folks who experience being two-spirit, agender, transgender, non-binary, some level of existence outside of cisgender, I want to give more space for us to be part of this podcasting sphere. And especially if I can find other folks from communities of color that are willing to talk about it, I would love, 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 love to just find ways to record and connect and bring them to life here. If you know of anybody who potentially would be interested feel free to send them to my email or to have them send an email to me queridas podcast as me queridas pod m i q u e r i d e s p o d at protonmail.com that's me queridas pod at protonmail.com <laughs> yes it is a protonmail account if you have questions about that, you can ask those to me in the Proton Mail account because that's where they're going to go and that's where they're going to be read. So, what about today? I know in many a cases, the folks who are listening to this podcast will potentially be folks who know me and have connections to me already in some capacity, whether it was the time I moved to Colorado and now I've been living here for the past going on seven years, if it's the folks who knew me as a different person before I moved out to Colorado, living in Texas or in California, if it's someone out there who's happened to follow maybe a social media account of mine or watched one of my other compilations in the world, like this YouTube video that <laughs> was created as a TEDx event. Yes, I was a TEDx speaker, but that's not what I'm talking about. What I'm talking about is just these people who are like, whoa, I know that voice. I know that face. I know that person. I know something about them. Or, huh, maybe this would be a cool way to get to know someone else, someone new, someone different. Uh, this is <laughs> all of those. Hi, people. It's good to see you. It's good to talk to you. It's good to, like, oh, hopefully... Uh, Reconnect with me in some way is my hope for this. Today, of all days, in addition to checking in and saying like, hey, what's going on? Where are you at? I want to give some updates on where I'm at, what's going on with me, and how waking up every day in the midst of things, COVID-19, pandemic, challenging, you know, it, it is a lot. We're definitely putting ourselves through the ringer in many ways. Uh, all of us doing it so in different ways, but wanting to talk and focus on how it has been as a brown, non-binary femme 
who has disabilities, who's constantly navigating what safety feels like for them, and even in trying to engage in the world in safe and socially distant ways, that the means of doing so are consistently a constant check-in with myself and a constant check-in with the people who I consider my close circle. So even to start there, right? Let's just kind of get into the, whoa, <laughs> that's a lot. You are talking about, wait, do you overthink everything you do in the morning? My morning routine usually starts out with one, how am I feeling in this body right now? What are the feelings that come up when my eyes are open? I recognize I'm an embodiment again. I recognize that I'm alive, awake, and about to do something with my day. Cool. That's where I'm at. I'm going to hold on to those feelings. I'm going to hold on to this is where my day is starting. Then I get to the point of, all right, I'm an embodiment. I'm, you know, existing as a spirit inside a meat sack, as some people have told me. <laughs> and I kind of really enjoy that reflection. What then does it look like to say, hmm, do I want to wear jeans, a t-shirt, and potentially a coat? Because now it's about the time where it's starting to get colder. Do I wear a really pretty dress because I just feel like it's a dress kind of day? Do I put a combination of other items like um, skirts or instead of a t-shirt, maybe a button up? Oh, maybe I just do something along the lines of a sweater, right? Like thinking through these dress, of course, other people think of them just as often, even if your identity reflections as expressed through your gender expressions might be limited to one style you might be thinking oh i just wear button-ups all the time but sometimes i'm worried about whether i wear florals or i wear plain colors single colors no designs on it whatsoever other folks might be thinking mm, maybe i don't wear accessories today because wearing a ring wearing watch wearing things that'll be on my wrist as i'm typing all day uh, not my really my thing. There's a lot that goes into just waking up in the morning and talking through yourself to yourself. What am I going to do to present myself to the world? And even in that, right? Like right now, I'm sitting in one of my maybe dozen or so black dresses because in a lot of ways, wearing a black dress is so cool because <laughs> I just love wearing them and I'm inspired a little bit by this person I went to grad school with. Um, she used to wear the same outfit or almost a rendition of the same outfit every day and to me that was a very simple but confident message of like hey I know what I like and I'm just gonna wear it and it's gonna be good. I have so many different variations of black dresses in that inspired moment because like black dresses just look cool on me. I, I think for me, they look cool on me. And that's what I want to have. That's what I want to wear. I want to go into the world confident in my energy. So that happens. That happened. And as I think about the rest of my world today, I want to be honest with, I'm starting with you all. I'm starting this connection platform space of my day. This where am I going into the world with recording a podcast episode? Because I think this is where I navigate often this lack of what I want to do with my day when the world feels so out of control. And in a lot of ways, the out of control 
is linked to but not limited to what routines we have created for us. Do we go to work every day? And if we go to work every day, do we go to work from a nine to five? If we don't go to work, but we're doing things like school or we're doing things like caregiving, we're doing things like engaging in society in the hopes that society will help us survive with scraps of money, right? Like there's all of these different ways that we are trying to figure out how to create a sense of control, a sense of routine, something to the degree of, but never being normal. It's starting with, from the last 24 hours, the repeat phrase in my head, nothing was ever normal. Nothing was ever normal. We want a sense of, I feel comfortable and confident and excited about what I can do in the world because I had structure. I had a life. I had all of these things pre-COVID-19. And yeah, those were things that existed and are very real and I don't mean to say this in a lens of, hey, you had what you had, and now that's over, so deal with it. I'm trying to reflect on and relay the message of, yes, it is important to recognize how safe you felt. It is important to acknowledge the comfort that you had in those moments pre-COVID-19, and now is a very different story. When thinking about whether you've been exposed and you've gone through the healing process after the 90 days that the antibodies or other components that, you know, science is still trying to figure out, mm, it works on some people, it didn't work on others, it's kind of there, it's kind of not, um, engaging with and then having released COVID-19 from your body, that's a whole thing in itself. For folks, at least as far as I know, like myself, who have tested for and have resulted being negative and have not shown any symptoms of or have not shown any heavy symptoms of or potentially have shown symptoms, didn't realize they were symptoms or are asymptomatic and don't know how to engage in the world if they're not getting tested. All of the folks out there who are in the other, of uh, I can say with a degree of confidence that I have not been uh, registered as positive by a test for COVID-19. That's a whole other slew of what risks am I taking to engage in the world? And that in and of itself, right, is a whole thing. Wow, I'm just pausing to take a moment to be like, I thought this was going to be harder with not having someone else to engage with back and forth, but I seem to be doing pretty well. This processing of what it means to take risk in the world now is so much bigger than just what is it that I'm doing to engage in my day? And I want to give space to the voice and the vision and the realities of the other trans, non-binary, agender, two-spirit, outside of cisgender experience individuals living in the world today, particularly thinking about the United States and all the gunk that we are going through with an election coming up, the gunk that we're going through with rights being taken away on federal level, state level, just people constantly making decisions about our bodies in ways that we have say in on wanting to prevent from people taking from us and yet still at the mercy of the medical industrial complex, at the mercy of capitalism, at the mercy of white supremacy. We have all these challenges that we have to navigate in a single existence. 
and to try and even talk about it from a historical level is a lot to try and talk about it from a how did I internalize what the world has said I should be or shouldn't be and then responded by being myself more authentically or more ways that feel comfortable for me and I'm now doing this thing right all of these reflections all of these pieces that I'm putting together around this is how I'm started my day and literally the morning is not even over yet and I have gone through enough that just a few years ago would have kept me in bed all day that just a few years ago would have been too much to even think critically around oh what no I'm not gonna do that thanks for the invitation inter voice internalized you know voices of this is what is you know out there for you to choose but I'm gonna be the one that's the most safe I'm gonna do the thing that's gonna keep me and my money and my whatever else that brings me security going without a challenge we're in a position now where that is no longer as possible for the people who have some level of risk to take in society. And when you add those complexities and compounded risks, it's almost like a butterfly net where when we think of how tight the strings are getting onto what's keeping us from engaging in the world, they're not only adding more strings, there's a lot more ways that this complexity of how transphobia is not just one string anymore it's not a really tough string or a set of strings it's compounded by how does transphobia show up in COVID-19 in ways that it did not show up pre-COVID-19 how is queerphobia how are racism anti-blackness how are these other like trenches and life-sucking elements of existence taking away from people in challenging ways that did not exist in the same capacity pre-COVID-19. All of this is important to acknowledge. All of this is important to think about. And yet in the world that is trying to exist with COVID-19, rather than to find space and time to say, hey, COVID, thanks for coming by. You did what you did. We're going to take a break so that whatever COVID is out there takes its time to leave. And then we will return to a world that we had some semblance of and some way of engaging in, right? It's just not possible. And that's the hardest part of this is that we are asking, we are demanding, we are giving people these acknowledgments of look either you engage in the united states as it's structured today or you don't you will then have to take the consequence of everything that comes with it survival and what it means to survive is ultimately what each and every single person who's experienced some level of disconnect to the idea of and comfort in being cisgender being heterosexual right any and all of those folks out there, I know you know the risks. I know you know what it means to take on, whether in full force, you are out in the world, you are saying to everyone, this is who I am, take it or leave it, and all of the challenges that come with that, just as much as the person who says, hmm, well, I'm not cisgender, I'm not 
straight, but I can't let that facade go because if I do, then I put everything at risk. So I'm just going to kind of keep chugging along until I feel like I'm a little safer, whatever that safer may be. I see you as well. I know that it's not an easy thing to just kind of take everything that you've ever had and toss it out the window, right? These are all reflections that are coming up this morning and things that I want to make sure are at least somewhere in the sphere of what's going on because it's also important to think about how not only this process of planning for our safety in the world looks, but also what does it mean then to know that if there aren't many people who are constantly reflecting on these things, we now then have to acknowledge the levels of risk that we are going to take with and without the people that trust and follow our trusted plans of safety. I mean to say that in the sense of if you have a close circle, if you're living with people on a daily basis, if you're connecting in some strategy or stratosphere of people that like, hey, you're my six and you six are the people that I sink or swim, I'm going to move through the rest of this world as long as I'm alive with together, that's a heavy piece to take. If you're calculating all of these risks and the people who are in your life are not calculating in the same way. I'm giving space and onus to some pokes, some people out there, some folks. Apparently that turns into pokes when you say it all in one way, like gruel and mean girls. Um, you're constantly having to think about what exactly am I going to jeopardize today? Am I going to see my partner? Am I going to see my family friend? Am I going to visit family members who unfortunately may have little time left in this physical realm of embodiment, right? All of these things are real. And the calculated risks that you take are valid and important. And we take calculated risks even to have people deliver our food in the event we don't leave our homes. We take calculated risks to go in search of food when we're going through a fast food joint or we're trying to get things from our local grocery store, we're taking all kinds of risks all of the time. We just look at them and think of them differently and have different levels of confidence in our safety based on what we do and based on what we assume the world can do or is doing. And then, excuse me, we take the time in ourselves to say, what can I do after I get these things at home? Do I have a safe plan to wash all of my food? If I am getting fast food because I didn't want to have to go through the process of making it, did I? could I tell and do I trust in the restaurant space that they were wearing gloves, wearing masks, making the food, right? All of these other things that we now start questioning in ways that existed for others well before COVID-19, but because of COVID-19, we just don't exactly know how and when our brain just says, all right, you can't take any more than this because the minute you start getting into this realm of thought, you start rolling downhill and that becomes its own level of challenging. That becomes its own level of, hey, I'm going through these struggles and I don't know where to take them. I don't know what to do with them. I don't know how to process this world. This is a very intense reflection of and processing how are you handling COVID-19 and I get that and 
it's important to say that's what this episode is. This episode in particular is just reacting and responding to what COVID has done to me. And not even in the sense of like, like COVID out of nowhere, just like is a human that popped up and said, hey, by the way, all your worst fears, here you go. Here's all of them. Here's everything circulated into a single moment. And now I'm going to show up everywhere. It kind of feels like a horror movie. It kind of feels like um, it follows. <laughs> it kind of feels a little bit like, you know, how you would think of Michael Myers just kind of showing up somewhere and being like, wait, it, what? What? No. Thinking more intentionally around if this weren't as staged as it is, like the Michael Myers of Decatur of just kind of showing up somewhere in society. Oh, that's a whole other story because it actually did happen to me last year in Aurora, um, Colorado. But anyhow, the, the COVID-19 and how impact of COVID-19 is showing up for us. You may not be thinking of the world in these ways, but I need someone out there to know, hey, this is kind of my struggle. This is kind of where I have been. And in the calculated risks that I have taken to be out in public, to try and do things to stay healthy, like be outside of the house for an hour so that you can have a reconnection to an atmosphere. It's a little harder to do that with fires that are going on. It's a little harder to do that when what makes me feel comfortable and what makes me feel safe is constantly being assessed and in a lot of ways um, threatened because people don't know how to take uh, fat, disabled, femme-presenting, brown individual who's just existing. I'm like, whoa, that person's existing? I don't feel like that's okay. I'm going to do something about it. It was much more apparent and acted on when I lived in other states like Texas and California. I had people who would literally chase me from wherever I was and they spotted me to my home. I had people even when I was living in other areas of Colorado, not necessarily the Denver metro area or the area that I live in now, that people are actively doing these things. But that also might be because I'm taking more of a reflection of these things and saying, you know what, I'm okay in my home. I am fine here. And the only times I leave are when most people are asleep. And so I can find things that exist once the sun has gone down in ways that feel safer. Or I am in positions and reflections of, hey, at this calculated time and risk, I'm going to either modify my outfit slightly or I'm going to say, you know what, I will go. I have myself ready in the event something happens. I will laugh at people because I want them to know that I heard their transphobia, I heard their queerphobia, or I will look at them, right? Giving myself these lenses of, hey, just so you know, I am feeling in a way that I am confident or not confident in keeping myself able to engage with your negative experiences and how those negative experiences feel like you can then turn them to me or turn them on me as transphobia, queerphobia, uh, fatphobia, all of these other things that you're thinking of and trying to induce on me. So then what, right? <laughs> so then, then what happens? What, what then do you do when you've recognized, okay, daily risk, taking on daily risk, trying to exist in the world. The world is going on without me one form or the other. And all the while, 
we don't know how to hold on to the relationships we used to have or that we still have with each other because we're so distant. We are physically, we are intellectually, spiritually, emotionally, all kinds of distancing ourselves from the people outside of even a different number than I forget whose theory it is in communication studies of the 30 people and the five people we hold close. So 30 intense in effort of some sort to relationships different from the five most important relationships and therefore most invested relationships. Those numbers might even be dwindling less than that. How many folks out there are not living with family members because they are in a job that is long distance. And so that long distance job is no longer safe to easily go to and from thinking about the essential worker context and folks who are daily engaging with the safety of folks who have been exposed to COVID-19 thinking in a lot of other capacities like, well, now there's remote working. And so people are able to engage in either the structured economy, the gig economy or survival economies to now think I never have to leave my home. So I don't have to think about seeing people that I used to hang out with all the time. I don't have to think about going and seeing family because family is its own dynamic. I can just live and be and do me. Where does all of that sit for you? (laughs) Where does all of that fit in your comfort or discomfort for you? There are a number of pieces that come up as I'm reflecting on this, right? The levels of what it means to think about even a month from now, two months from now, six months from now, when folks do exactly what has happened over the course of exposure and re-exposure to COVID-19 since March, probably since November, but in ways we didn't have the same language for that we had a structured, here's everything slowing down in March, right? How are we going to handle as individuals, right? Like I can only offer reflection of what will you as the person listening to this do when the rest of the world decides, you know what? We're no longer wearing masks and we no longer feel safe with you wearing a mask in society. So if you decide to not wear a mask in society, know that you will have to go through this, this, and this in order to engage in our store, to engage in our restaurant, to whatever and whatever, right? That's going to happen. There's going to be some sense of the U.S. trying to shift back into a sphere of what it used to exist like, and it's going to be uncomfortable. What is it going to look like when we're navigating how the world is going to readjust in ways that feel somewhat like before and people potentially resist to the degree of, hey, uh uh-uh, no, we were able to remote work and things happened just fine. We cannot go back into a society that says we are going to work all 40 of our hours in a way that pushes us to do things that were unsafe or unstructured, unsupportive, unwhatever for us, right? Like these are just tensions that will exist because they already do. To think of how in a many ways, all of the safety precautions that are being processed by some places are not being processed by others. So, oh, I 
constantly think about even for the spaces that i do go and shop at the places i do take the time and experience to just think about picking up food from uh there's just so much to have some inkling of we know knowledge we know something and then to also be like well we know something but we know something about something how do we even sit with and reflect on the struggle that comes from we have knowledge that is changing and evolving because the thing that we are trying to study is changing and evolving and it is moving and it is looking different each time we try to study it. I, I In my lived history, as far as I'm aware, I don't know of the amount of uh, viruses, bacterias impacting existences that have had this level of we're going to continue trying to study a moving target we're going to try and study something that is adapting as soon as we have a grasp of it there was a movie that i watched because of um this isolation for the safety of myself and others movement called outbreak if anyone hasn't seen Outbreak, I don't recommend it if you're the kind of person who's looking to get away from things more reflective of COVID-19 and pandemic, but I do recommend reflecting on what it looked like then and what it looks like now. Some of the ways that we have created fear tactics and reflections of fear, how that response was a very heavily, um, at the time, oh, that would have worked, that could have worked, that would make sense if we had started doing that in that way, but would not make the same sense in 2020. But, you know, for all I know, it might be the one thing that gives people more ease because you have some level of sense as to how people were even thinking about outbreaks, were even thinking about virus and what a virus can do to humans whether it was transmitted from animals or not, whether it was something that was picked up or not, that now it exists. <laughs> I feel like I've just kind of gone such a length on where this all comes from for COVID-19. And there's a reason for me diving so deeply into this and diving into the reflections of this. It's because... I find myself in a daily struggle of having to reflect on what does it mean to engage in this world when the challenges of engaging in this world are exacerbated. That I am now sitting in my home and I have been sitting in my home days on end, months on end, trying to figure out how even with work schedule and even with connecting to community for work schedule, looks in such a way that I don't have a routine. I don't have the same structure I used to because some of my clients are up at two, three o'clock in the morning and trying to connect with them in that way, looking to the ways in which the day as it goes on for a majority of the world in the outside has stopped around 8 p.m. where I'm still fully functional because I only just woke up in those days that I only just woke up, there's a number of shifts that are occurring for many a folk who have always been on a fringe or who live on a fringe because of what has happened. All of this to say, 
I am in the space of understanding that not everyone is going to feel safe. And I know to you out there who's living with family, who's living in a partnership, a relationship, dynamics of connection to housemates, roommates, people you survive with on the street together, all different combinations of existing and finding ways to exist. I want you to know that as hard as it may be, I have hope for you. I have I want to see you thrive. I want to see you be happy in the ways that you can and that you will and that you are because you are so beautiful. You are such an amazing coming into existence and whether you see it or not, you are a value to this world just by existing. I wish I could make it feel safer. And in some ways, just having these reflections, just saying, hey, someone else is thinking like this. Someone else is taking all of these thought processes. Maybe there's a way I can take some time to reach out just to say you're also not alone. Letting me, the other person who's creating this podcast, know, hey, it's okay to overthink everything because the overthinking is what's keeping us safe right now. I care about you, this. I really do. And I don't know how else to say that other than please, if you're engaging with people, if you're taking calculated risks to leave your homes, do so wearing a mask and wearing a mask that at least has two, if not more, layers of protection, fabric, whether you're using upholstery fabrics, polyester fabric, other, you know, the the recommendations that come from CDC, but also making your own variations. I've seen some folks who've done amazing, maybe art masks, but still look cool if they are actual functional masks made out of monster cans, <laughs> right? Like these just things of, please just make sure you have a mask that has protection for it. If you can, um, afford an N95 mask power to you, but just remember that N95 masks used the way that they're used are really meant more for technical purposes. So, excuse me, taking care of your body after wearing a N95 mask, right? The cuts that may, apparent, that may appear from wearing such a tight mask, the friction, the friction that will be caused on the tensions of your face, thinking through even the levels of how long you wear the mask for, please, 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 please remember if you're wearing disposable masks, do your best to change them out throughout the day if you're going through multiple engagements. Wash your hands as you're washing your hands. Do so with the intent of making sure you almost overwash your hands because that's what's probably going to help you remember most. Oh, I need to do this for at least 30 seconds. And also do your best to use soaps that don't damage your hands to such a degree like what happened to me that starts to dry out your hands and your hands now start having these like um I'm calling it a cold rash but essentially it's that like your skin is so dry that you're rubbing out all of the moisture of your hands even to the degree of what other experiences happen I, this might be a tough conversation to have for folks that are living with family and are living with potential like, oh, I'm going somewhere at some point, so I need to think about these things. Do your best, as best you can, to have a disinfectant bottle 
of some spray to have some sense of these are the kinds of gloves I can wear in different interactions like dollar store work gloves can work in one capacity if you know you're going to be helping someone move content or you're going to be in a workspace right all of those components you've got vinyl gloves if you're making food and you're making food for yourself and others thinking of just again all these other ways that I want you to keep yourself safe to the best of your ability if you have the resource. If you don't have the resource, you've been exposed to COVID-19 and you're trying to survive, or you recognize that you don't have the resource, but you've come to a position where you don't have those same um, exposures, and so you don't know exactly what else to do. Above all, please avoid doing things like going to events that people are not going to take their masks and not going to wear them because they're trying to one do some sort of a herd mentality thing or two do some sort of like hey the world is back to normal whether we want it to be or not so we need to figure out if we're going to take the covid bullet or not and if we take it and we don't survive then we were living as best we wanted anyway and if we take the covid bullet but we survive then now how do we take on the world knowing that we made it through COVID? There are levels of risk in that theory, in that reflection, in that this is what's possible that I don't think you need to take, that I don't think anybody needs to take. And unfortunately, there are over a dozen people that I know directly in my life, whether that be through one degree or three degrees of separation, but knowing that person who've been exposed to COVID-19, five of those people were hospitalized to some level, and multiple are no longer with us. It's heavy to even say that because I'm here thinking, wow, I lost a family member, I lost an active community member, loved ones that I know have lost their family members, and to see people so openly doing these tasks, doing these and taking these risks. Yeah, it's its own level of frustrating. It's its own level of infuriating. It's its own level of, hey, I just want you to know that I want you to be safe, right? There's so many different emotions that go into this because ultimately, if you want to stay living, I want you to be able to tell your story in a passionate and confident way, even if it's not on a podcast, even if it's not in a YouTube video or social media presence, that you can just tell your story to the people who matter to you most in your world. So that's my context. <laughs> that's my reflections of this is my episode on things related to COVID-19 being more specifically about COVID-19 um yeah how do I then turn this energy from hey we've gone to the depths of darkness with you ha 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 how do we get out so I want to take a moment to talk about some things that are bringing me joy and I might repeat this on other episodes, but for now, thinking through this, what's bringing me joy, what's bringing me joy, what's making me happy, and how is it happy for you? <laughs> okay, maybe I'm not the best person to sing, 
I don't really do well creating theme songs on the spot either, but that felt like a, you know, somewhat helpful transitional. Maybe I'll fix it. Maybe I won't. Um, if anyone has ever had time to just experiment with these things that you put on your face, you put on your fingers, you potentially do full body called makeup. I don't know who did it. I probably could go through and learn the history of makeup and maybe one day I will just for my own, you know, input skill, literally inputs one of my uh, last time I did this strengths and strengths quest. And so <laughs> thinking about, wow, I just absorb knowledge and I love to just take it and look at it as a cool puzzle piece to put to the rest of the puzzle that I'm working with, making, developing, whatever. So Makeup is so cool. This reflection of there are these pigments that are then put into these um, powders or they're put into these sticks. They're put into these, you know, glosses, all sorts of things. Um, I will admit, you know, makeup and the way that makeup looks for me, I knew to some degree what makeup was like because I messed with my mom's makeup when I was a kid and there were times that I remember getting reprimanded for messing with my mom's makeup as a kid you're a boy you don't mess with makeup makeup is for girls all that nonsense that came <laughs> in the child but apparently my mother's voice gets deeper rather than gets higher because that's a reflection of how I saw my mother and maybe still kind of do Whew. Thinking of those first times you engage with makeup, right? Thinking of those times that when you finally see the potential to say, oh, wow, I can take my face and I can do these shapings of what it looks like on film. I can shape what it looks like differently for a photo. I can make myself something of a creature that doesn't look like anything human, it's just so freaking cool. For a long time, actually, um, in addition to my sort of obsession that came around watching shows and movies like The Dark Crystal and other Jim Henson puppet-like creations, one of these days I'll probably go more in-depth into my love for puppets, but I remember a time before it was canceled would watch every episode that would show up on cable and then i would go and search for them on streaming services um the show face off that was held on sci-fi was so freaking cool to just watch people turn these different uh, models from these layers of types of humans right you had these folks who like chiseled abs and had strong bone structures made these like, oh my gosh, wow, you are a specimen of a human, hello, <laughs> to making them other genders, to making them other um, races of existence outside of humans. You found ways to turn people into inanimate objects, but somehow still having this living spirit being, taking the different colors, taking the different um, shades of colors, how people were able to create effects with similar resources, but using them in different ways. 
Latex is still one of those things that I think is really cool, and I love looking at how people make latex uh, masks, and would definitely love to potentially see a latex mask, visual, physical, um, protecting from the world type of mask. But anyhow, all of that to say, makeup has been so rejuvenating and so exciting for me that I've actually made the investment in getting more makeup. I've made some investments and definitely want to get more because I am using even for, you know, entry level. I've gotten some sense of these products work. These products don't. These things stay and make the colors that I want. These ones don't. I'm still working through, okay, foundation for the face, contour lines to shape different structures of what I want to be seen and what I don't want to be seen. Blush, bronzer, highlighter, illuminator, setting powder, eyebrow pencils, um, eyeshadows, lip colors. And if you're going to use lip uh, products, do you use gloss? Do you use lipstick? Do you go for matte? Do you go for uh, other sheen? Do you try to get something on your face that looks warm in color tones? Do you do something that's cold in color tones? Believe me, exploring... <laughs> <laughs> for someone who has never felt comfortable in just being this hey you're told that you're going to be a boy all of your life and once that door opened of no you can be whoever you want to be all you gotta do is take on the risk are you wanting to take the risk because if you are there's plenty of makeup out there. There's plenty of outfits out there. You could look so cute. <laughs> Believe me, I love when I take the risks and I just do it for myself and then say, hey, I not only like what I did for myself, I think it'd be really cool to share and see what the world thinks. Because maybe someone else out there who does makeup and has done, been doing makeup for as long as they have decades maybe longer for a year whatever maybe someone who just picked it up because they're like eh, well i guess i'll try this makeup thing and can do it really well because they can follow the not only instructions but execution on themselves really well all of it to say like i just love input i guess <laughs> so the other day i did this really cool makeup and i actually had so much fun because there were other components that came to it of i want to create this image on my eyelids and I think it's going to inspire me to do more makeups like this that either match the outfits I'm wearing or that match more of this look but I was able to create a whole scene on my eyelids <laughs> I literally took like a river or a, a lake I guess I like started with the bank of what a lake would look like and then I used eyeshadow to create these levels of aura as the sun is setting and then just did mountains as my eyeliner and I thought it was so much fun I thought it was so cool and I then replicated that and I probably might do it again because I want to see what it looks like with other colors I want to see what it looks like in other you know ways of looking because I'm also looking for a way to like incorporate that into a look that makes me feel confident and is also a way to see how I would many months later want to have celebrated 
my last turn around the sun that happened back in April. So makeup is bringing me a lot of joy right now. Makeup is making the world feel so fun. And this segment about, you know, what's bringing me joy right now is important, not only because it's, you know, the segment that I want folks to recognize. It's not all about (laughs) the topic and how the topic might be really heavy. It's also that we're multifaceted. We have multiple things going on. And even though I may not feel happy all the time, this is one of those things that in my world, I have to remind myself are bringing me joy. And hopefully to some degree, if you're feeling similar senses of joy, awesome. Let's chat about it. And if not, then cool. I'm glad you spent some time listening to this. And, you know, end of the day, it brings me joy. What brings you joy? How are you sharing that? How are you engaging in that? How are you making time and space for the things that make you happy? It's about time to move to the sibling spotlight before we wrap up. So the sibling spotlight, really thinking intentionally around the folks in trans, non-binary, agender, two-spirit existence, right? There are so many folks (laughs) in the world that I can think of and make sense of and, um, even to the degree of, wow, I most recently chatted with this person and I'm so excited um, to have, you know, some stories to tell. I think today I want to spend some time thinking to more of the people who I've met every so often or I've met on some occasions physically, but I have not had the same interaction with them because I don't know if they know me or see me or engage with me. <laughs> As a human being, um, outside of being potentially a fan, I don't care. I'm I'm their fan, right? Like, I want (laughs) to hype up people who I think are amazing. So the first person who I wanted to spotlight on this section is Alok Vaidbanon. So Alok is um, on Instagram, A-L-O-K-V-M-E-N-O-N, uses they, them pronouns. And they are an artist. And by saying that they are an artist doesn't even come close to all of the things that they have contributed to the world in their time of confidence and then sharing that confidence and message to the world. Doing things like writing, um, performing, giving different uh, presentations, speeches, taking the fashion of others and then starting to make their own fashion. It's just even scrolling right now, looking at their Instagram feed. There's so many of these moments that I remember hyping up speaking appearances when they were in Colorado, thinking of all of the times that they highlight when fashion challenges these norms of what it means for men to wear men's clothes and women to wear women's clothes, everything outside of that existing for us And what that has been for trans, non-binary, agender, two-spirit, and non-assistgender folks taking on and embracing, it's so cool. And they are so cool. I'm just really excited because um, in addition to meeting them and having discussions and, you know, connecting with them, the levels of happiness that motivated me to see myself differently were enhanced by a loke existing. And I don't think I've ever mentioned that. And maybe hopefully soon I'll write that to a loke directly. 
but I think it's one of those I just wanted to share out to you all if you have not gotten a chance to either see their work or to hear some of the things that they've said to society please take a moment just go look just take some time to give love share love to the people that I spotlight please because I think if nothing else it's a reminder that we are out here supporting each other and I want to continue that momentum of supporting each other. So the next person that I earlier was looking for and I couldn't find and now I found them again so I'm excited to bring them up is Cece Lee Berman whose Instagram handle is vitamin C3C3 which also comes out to vitamin CC. Um, I love just seeing how their um, they, he, daddy pronouns as listed on Instagram. So when they're looking and doing and having all of these like different ways of just showing up on Instagram and showing out on Instagram, this just everyday beauty. We don't see enough people given not only powerful freedom to do in ways like makeup oh my gosh this one picture i'm looking at from their august 13th look it was such a gorgeous face of makeup that has all these different colors and shapes and a headpiece that is like horns and i'm just like in awe of <laughs> cc's work that has come through in these makeup looks there's just so much beauty of the person cc as well as just being present and talking about life right like just things that matter in their work things that matter for their way of showing up in the world i'm just in awe of folks like cc who can do this just makeup artistry and so i wanted to highlight you know um cc who also has another like art specific account and you know thinking if you wanted to follow that you could follow cc which is letter c letter e letter c letter e berman art as well to do more of their like illustrations and other art pieces that they do but overall wanting to highlight them as well and in a platform you can follow on instagram there's another person i want to highlight for this episode before you know getting a chance to reflect on other people or uh, getting too far along this path and not recognizing them so i'm going to talk about brie so brie they he pronouns a person who's working out in california doing some work with Oh my gosh. I know you're working at an institution. I think it might be Cal Poly still. Um, doing some incredible work out there in the everyday, looking to support LGBTQ plus individuals at a higher education institution, working on your PhD and getting that done at Colorado State, right? Like, so we've had different ways of engaging and connecting. A little fun tidbit. Um, the two of us at one point recorded and somehow somewhere uploaded a podcast episode years ago. I don't even know where it's located now, but it's kind of funny to think about how when we first connected and met early on in my time when I was working in higher ed and then 
how our connection has evolved into a friendship and our friendship has evolved into this beautiful relationship of connectedness from sending each other memes and funny stories on Instagram for calling each other every so often and being like, Hey, what's going on? How are you doing? How is life? Um, I just, (laughs) I have so much fun in talking to Bree sometimes, even when things are hard, right? When we're talking through things that happened at work, talking through challenges that are coming up from the politics of the world, anything and everything under the sun that we've engaged in. I'm just so thankful to have a person like Brie still in my life and to see and connect with Brie so often. Um, I'm hoping (laughs) that in this near future that I can have Brie on the podcast to have some dialogue and some discussion on things that matter to both of us. And also, like, I just need to gush about you, Brie, because you're amazing. And I know you know you're amazing. And just as a reminder, you're amazing. I'm going to also do this for other people that we both know and that I want to continue showcasing we know. But like, I know that as much as it can feel frustrating for us to you know, think about, oh, wow, we may not in the near future or any sort of realistic feeling of future be able to hang out and do the things that we would do together like we used to when we were traveling back and forth places and seeing each other for work. Like, I just want you to know, right? Like, I'm thinking about you. I love you so much. I care so much about you. If I can share your Instagram or other places so people can connect with you, cool. If not, we'll share more information when I bring you on the podcast. So those are some folks that I just wanted to give a shout out to. I wanted to give some love and support to. And that about wraps up this episode. If you know of people in your life that are in some level of people you wanted to see spotlight, spot the spotlight on, <laughs> English, um, to see the spotlight on in some capacity, let me know. If you have any questions, comments, reflections, things you'd like me to talk about, things you'd like to see potentially come on the show, hey, if you are a trans, non-binary, agender, two-spirit individual who potentially wants to have a dialogue, let me know. I'd love to bring your voice, bring your presence, bring what you want to talk about to this as well. I mentioned this before, but I'll mention this again. Feel free to reach out to me at the Me Get It Is Pod email account. So M-I-Q-U-E-R-I-D-E-S-P-O-D at protonmail.com. That's me getting this pod at protonmail.com. Thanks so much, everyone. I want you to remember that you are loved, that this is a world that we can make our own if we give ourselves a space to do it. And I think I'm going to go eat now because I'm hungry and I think I might have some good leftovers in my fridge or not. I'll figure something out. Love you much. See you soon.